Welcome back to Ascend's Theater Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we are in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 reads, In those days the decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what it is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was eighty-four. She did not depart from the temple, worshipping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was twelve years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. 
But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So this passage is one of the most familiar passages in Scripture, especially since it gives us the great details that are often celebrated at Christmas time. And many families will gather on Christmas morning, read this account from Luke 2, or at least the first couple sections, to tell the story of Jesus' birth as it was in its greatest details. And as we think about that, I really am not going to focus so much on that part, but even the next part, about 40 days after his birth, as they go into the time of purification, and he's pre- Presented at the temple, it's interesting here how much insight we truly get into what Jesus is going to be all about. And so in some of the other Gospels, we can look and we see some of these things are alluded to in John the Baptist and the preparation that John the Baptist has for Jesus's ministry. But here we have a prophet and a prophetess and what they're sharing about what Jesus is going to do. So eight-day-old baby Jesus here in the temple, when we look at specifically what Simeon says, inspired by the Spirit, he has the presence of the Spirit upon him. At this point, much like the presence of the Spirit would have been upon people in the Old Testament, this was something that could be common for the prophets or others to experience. He says, Lord, you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, that promise that was given that he would see this individual before his death. He says, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. And I find this to be really, really fascinating. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. From the initiation of Jesus in his public life, the focus of the Gentile inclusion of God's people is huge. And it's crazy because of how much we're going to see later that there's so much going on that is not really focused on the Gentiles. Jesus in his own ministry would focus on the Jewish people, allowing them to display their full rejection of who God was to them. But remember, we have Luke, this Gentile author, who's compiling this after the fact, going back, drawing back to these prophecies, and we see how he displays and he highlights the importance that that was God's plan from the beginning. And that's something important for us to understand with Jesus. Jesus was never God's plan B, nor was the inclusion of God's people to be beyond just the nation of Israel God's plan B. It was always from the beginning a part of God's plan for all people in all nations and all places to be blessed through those God is sending. And so I find that to be very fascinating. And when we look down even at Anna, the prophetess that's mentioned later, it says that she goes and she begins to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who are awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. So she's sharing that for all of these people that are most likely their Jewish people, but also in that temple, in that area, there were courts for Gentile people, other people who could come in and not to the fullest extent 
to get into the presence of the Lord, but God-fearers, as they were called, were able to come in and participate in the worship of God. And so all of the people who are there and all of the people are included in these prophecies. And I find that to be very important. Because I think a lot of times as we think through what's going on and when we read through Jesus' story, we get this whole belief that, you know, hey, God goes and starts to include these Gentiles only in the book of Acts. And so we're going to see throughout the gospel that there are opportunities for Gentiles or God-fearers to interact with the Messiah, to interact with Jesus as the Christ. And I think that that's important for us to keep in mind because we are always a part of God's plan, have been from the beginning, to be able to participate in the glories of Christ if we yoke ourselves to Jesus. So I think that's something important for us to reflect on as we read through this passage because we haven't seen this in the other two gospel accounts. Now, a natural question that comes in this passage is what happens between 40 days and 12 years. Huge gap in terms of what's missed. And you're saying, hey, you told us Luke was going to get down to these details. He was going to give us all these details of what's going on. Why don't we have anything from eight days to 12 years? The real answer for that is because it's not important to the purpose of the story. Undoubtedly, as Luke talks to Mary and these other people who are around Jesus, possibly even Jesus' brothers, they could have shared plenty of stories about what baby Jesus was like, childhood Jesus was like. But they really don't add to the importance of what's going on because they have nothing to do with his public ministry. And while we have questions about what's going on, we would love to know what uh, Jesus did when Mary and Joseph asked him to eat his vegetables or was he able to sit in the bathtub and part the water, different crazy things like that. Did he stand on top of the water in his bathtub? Was he doing miracles and crazy stuff like that? We have all these questions. We have all these things that we wonder about what baby Jesus was like when Mary and Joseph turned around. How did he present himself? All of these other things. But they're not really important to the story, and so that's why they're not included here. It's important for us to remember there's an economy of space. There's an economy of money that is needed to continue to write these things. And so if it doesn't reveal more to the true purpose of what's going on, it's not going to have inclusion here. So that's why we have this gap between 40 days and the 12 years. And so it's important for us to understand that, to work through those situations in Jesus's story here. So as you scour through this passage, many other things that you can focus on that can allow you to anchor your faith today. Also, many other questions that you might have as you're reading through this. As you search those questions, seek out the answers, share those things with other people as you're learning and growing in God's Word, and as we collectively grow together in the faith. Know today you are loved. Mm-hmm.